Ladies and gentlemen, ladies to the motherfucking gentlemen, it is I, your host, soon coming, Amadi, and you are now tuned in to Your Heard Radio, where life moves from the verb of your words. That's right, that's the actions of your words. And I got a special guest on air today. I got AB Da Vinci in the building. See me approaching the moment is here. I let off their neck. I gave him a year. Hold on. I don't think y'all heard me. I said I got AB Da Vinci in the building. Tell him how you feel. See me approaching the moment is here. I let off their neck. I gave him a year. I'm back on my shit. I'm shifting my gears. Nobody is safe. Not even my peers. They caught in my lights. They looking like deer. I take off their hands. I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Yes, sir. And I'm just going to give people a little taste real quick. Let's give them a moment. Hey, alright, just so y'all get a little taste. So we got A.B. Da Vinci, the artist on your herd today. So, uh... How's the day going for you? How you living? It's going well. We're out here. Um, day number two and a half for me for this South By. Yes, right? sir. Picked up my badge the day before yesterday. Came out and enjoyed the festivities last night. Mm-hmm. Um, got in some good mixers, good vibe after party. Uh, got to see T-Pain, Trade the Truth, Network to Trade the Truth. You yes, know what sir. I mean? Kicked it off right, in other words. And I'm back here this morning retrieving my ID that I almost lost doing South By Southwest things. Yes, <laughs> yeah, you getting a lot, you got slithered, what, you got, you got a little litty, litty? Nah, I was just so hype, I was going live on my feed, getting my artist bracelet, you know, which is like a milestone in my career, and I yeah. was going live, and, um, well, you know, I'm going to put the blame on myself, I didn't retrieve my ID from them when I got my badge, gotcha. uh, or they forgot to give it to me, either way, they had it there, right where it was last left, so it's all good. Yo, and that's what brought us together, I was out here at South By for the first time, we crossed paths, and now we sitting down, so... Yeah, that was crazy. I saw you here in the lobby yeah. and uh, in the convention center. I said, yo, I've, I've been meaning to link up with them. This is fate right here. We got to take advantage. Yeah, yeah, that, of course. So, uh, man, so you set a milestone in your career. So this is awesome. Like, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, so, like, um, I guess I want to ask, how were you discovered by South By? Or did you uh, did you apply for it? And then they kind of looked at your content and then give you the yes or no pass? Or did someone reach out from the trenches? Great question. We're going to say from the trenches. Yeah. Um, I've been working with the, excuse me, I've been working with an A&R um, real closely as of late, say the past year, mm-hmm. who's been uh, in an agency um, based out of Austin. And uh, they've been helping me with a lot of rollouts. They helped me roll out my last uh, EP, my Perseverance EP, mm-hmm. um, the single so far in the video. Um, they've got me a lot of major blog placements, a lot of uh, good press and different uh, magazines and and you name it. They've just been really helping me grow my career this past year, I'd say. Okay. And uh, this was just an evolution of, of the work we've been putting in. Yeah. So, yeah, usually you have to apply at SouthbySouthwest.com, you know, in October, the okay. year before, okay. and submit. And I've done that before, and not and I've gotten picked up. But I've been working really closely with the right people, and we've put together a Texas tour this past year. They really spoke volumes for, like, what we can do and, and the kind of uh, – the kind of stage presence we have and, and really just we're proving ourselves, you know, from the ground up. So we're fresh. This is like the climax of our Texas tour. We've been yeah. all over Texas from down south and Cor- actually down south from the Valley, Corpus, San Antonio, Houston, Austin, 
Dallas, Fort Worth, and uh, we're, we're, we're wrapping it up um, here at South by Southwest. So wow. yeah, I got in from the, from the trenches. Just Man, I think this is a real insightful for other artists, like, you know, practicing their craft and getting those constant no's, you know, especially when your heart's in the game. Uh, oh, so yeah. so uh, how did you come by in A&R? Was it someone, a personal reference that you guys just decided to take a risk and just kind of wing it? Or how did that uh, connection or relationship begin? It was a, it was a personal, um, I would say it was a personal referral. Okay. Um, it was people that I've known from back in the day, since I first jumped in the rap game, uh, who had connected with this person, uh, who connected with the agency. Shout out to Major Gaines. Mm -hmm. uh, music agency and my boy Dominican J and everyone on the staff out there. Yeah. Um, my people kind of connected me with him. He checked out the music. He checked out some of the show footage that we had. You know, we had a nice one-on-one -on -one and we connected all around. He believed in the music. He believed in our movement. And he said, man, how can I help? And we've just been doing business ever since. And uh, yeah. he, he's gained our, our trust and respect because he's one of the few people I've known that actually follow through with what they say they're going to do when they say they're going to do it. That's so we, important. Yeah, we started with little projects, gained the trust, you know, gained some trust. We started with, then moved on to a bigger project, a bigger release, and then we trusted them in facilitating this South by Southwest event I, with us. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's huge, like gaining the trust, because uh, I've, in the industry, especially in this music industry, there's a lot of people that are, I am cousins with Kendrick, and I'm this and that, and I can provide this and yeah, they're not, they're not in it. You know, they're just throwing out names and throwing out what they could provide. And then when you call, they either showing you off or just not, or you're not happy with what they're delivering. Cause they're not really believing. They're just trying to get a quick client, you know, you never lied. Yeah. I've heard it all. I've seen it all. I've believed in it all at one point. I've tried everything. You know, I kind of, uh, I don't want to say over trusting, but I used to be kind of over trusting or at least over anxious to you know to get to that next step and mm -hmm. when you hear the right things and it, it it's kind of hard not to not to take that bait and in the younger years of my career i would and you know end up out hanging dry never hearing from the person again mm -hmm. getting the run around and i've been there you know yeah. so it's it, it is really refreshing to, to meet the right kind of people and uh you know people that, that stick by their word and i met that you know i've been meeting a lot of those people lately so i've yeah. been blessed at this point in my career yeah word and then uh is this your first time experience south by in general or have you always experienced it as a audience member and now experience that this is your first artist experience you know what i mean like oh yeah great question no i've i've been an attendee for many years i think my first one was in 2011 we did 2012 2013 14. which year was uh your favorite I would have to say the, the first one. There's nothing like the first one. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the first, first one, yeah, that first one, we didn't have any bracelets. We just had a pocket full of cash, no credentials. We just kind of uh, winged it, you know, and we happened, our first show that we walked in happened to be on East 6th Street, and it was loaded. It was like Kendrick Lamar, Currency, oh, uh, Big Crit, um, you know, like, who else was there? Yellow Wolf. It was just stacked with like everyone at the cusp of the career. Do you remember that 2011 freshman double XL yeah. cover? Like the yeah, like it was pretty much that lineup. Wow. And we when we caught it, you know what I mean? Yeah, and you can't beat that. Yeah, we, especially you, when you see where they're at now. You exactly. Know. Yeah. Exactly. So that that was probably my favorite. The second one is a close runner up, and ironically, the second one we did it bigger. We had we had bracelets, we had badges. We saw my favorite showcase. I'd say was. When we saw Nas perform Illmatic. It ain't hard to tell. I excel, then prevail. The mic is contacted, I attract clientele. My mic check is life or death, breathing the sniper's breath. I exhale the yellow smoke of Buddha through righteous steps, deep like the shining. Sparkle like a diamond, sneaker Uzi on the island. 
back to back, you know, with the full set with the Queens Bridge bridge and the and the project set up on the wow. side with the screen. So that was my favorite like sh live show I've ever seen at South by Southwest, but the mm -hmm. first year as a whole, just the feeling I'll never forget, you know. Wow, dang. Yeah, that but that's awesome and that's what I hear about this uh this this like this aura in this place is a place like creatives come. And I think this has been going on since 1987. I think I read True. that was founded yep. and uh, yeah, you're catching these people in the cusp of their career before they're, you know, on this yay level or Jay's, you know, and you're, so it's always like a treat to be in such a small venue and experience. Cause I mean, these huge concerts, it's cool, but you know, when you're in like a huge stadium, like the Barclays center or, you know, Madison square watching Drake or Jay-Z, you're like there, but you're in this audience thing so far. And there's nothing like being in the, like up there when a lot of people don't know about it and you experience it and then they go crazy and you're like i was in a small ass room with this artist like yeah especially like in the hip-hop culture we take a lot of pride in like being on the ground level like yeah. and then we get really protective of those artists like we, we kind of like don't want them to blow up because we knew them first and yeah. stuff and yeah and to witness it and, and like see, like the vibes are there too you feel them about to explode you're like these guys are about to be something yeah and every year we would come and we would enjoy a show. We would be surrounded by these creatives from the underground to the majors and just be dying to get on stage. Like, let us do one song and, and you yeah. can't, you have, you want to like let it go, but you don't have an outlet because you're not on. You know yeah, what I mean? And yeah, like, yeah, man. So this is going to be big. So yeah. yeah, this Saturday, right? This this Saturday, we're at a, this is Texas South by Southwest at the Flamingo Cantina. Doors open at 830 this Saturday, yeah. March 19th, right? Yeah, March 19th. Okay. That's okay. Right. And then, um, so now, like, as far as the music career, I noticed in your style, I noticed definitely, like, a route to the MC style, like, very lyrical, storytelling, you know, bar. It, it's not, like, uh, like, definitely not, like, this mumble rap. Against it, it finally did grow on me, but it's cool to hear back to the roots and that. So, like, guess what? What drives your stories? What drives, like, like your flow? Well, thank you, first of all, for, for picking up on that and noticing that. Um, I'm from Corpus Christi, Texas, and, you know, we're, we're from a small city where, like, we don't get a lot of light shunned upon us. And if you've ever been there, you know, it's different. Like, the vibes are different. So the stories that I experienced growing up in Robstown, Texas, which is like an, a little body or outside of Corpus mm -hmm. and, you know, in the streets of Corpus influenced my stories. And I remember before I even went to a studio, I would rap, you know, on the back blocks with the crew, with the people from Corpus, with the people, the, like the MCs, the hustlers I used to look up to. And my sole purpose was just to impress them, to impress like that house party. Yeah. And to tell you the truth, I still rap, but just like, the want and the need to impress my circle. And as long as they can relate to the stories and be like, yo, I know what he's talking about. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we were there, you know what I mean? We yeah. were there on that street. And then they just see it put, be put on a bigger platform and bigger stage. And, and, and they just like are behind me back in the hood. Like, yo, that's our boy telling our yeah. stories. That's kind of low key. What keeps me going. That's awesome. As opposed to like, you know, fame and fortune. Like or, I just want to put on for the set really. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, uh, this just hearing that right there made me think, you know, it's a, a, a position that is a little it could be vulnerable to be. And the person rapping off the street, rap, you know, beating off the trash can, like at the house party and then taking the step to actually go into a studio. I see that as like a man, like, you know, I'm like I'm rapping on the streets. Like, how was that experience of first like laying down a track 
uh, like from like, man, you got bars. Like, was people really pushing you, or did you just go, or were you the one going like, yo, work? Let me spit on this, because sometimes people push you, and you're like, people. Uh, I, I mean, just getting started, it's a little timid. Like, oh, I mean, I don't know if I'm ready. Like, I like hitting these bars, but I don't know if I want to touch the track. How was that for you? Yeah, yeah. The the first time I stepped in the actual booth, um, I'll never forget it. You know, I I, re I recorded a verse on. Jay-Z's One in a Million beat at Metropolis Recording Studio with Mike Fuentes. And it wasn't a lot of recording studios back then. It was a good 25, 35 an hour. So I remember just thinking about the hourly rate. And I went in there prepared, trying to spend as little money as possible, little mm -hmm. time, you know, basically little money as possible. And I waxed it, one take Jake, laid it, did a stress over it. And I went out and the producer, who I'm still close friends with to this day, Michael Fuentes, he said, okay, you got flow, huh? And, and that was it. And then, and then from then on, like I, my confidence was just like boosted for like at least a good two years. And yeah, we faced criticism and like you know the naysayers. When you first start in anything, you're gonna get them. But just that nod and that one take, and like I was like, oh no, y'all can't tell me different. This is what I'm gonna That's do. That's so like, empowering right there. Yo, you got flow, huh? Yeah. So you got flow, huh? Yeah, that man said that. It'd be the simple and purest compliments that actually last the longest you, you feel what i'm saying oh so you different huh oh oh i see what you're doing so you just gonna rock the boat you feel me it's just those statements that it, it, it lasts a lifetime all right that's said like and you're like damn all right yeah let's yeah. get it yeah yeah and then yeah that is a huge thing dealing with people like yo like you're not it. Like, uh, I don't really relate to it, you know. How, how was your approach to that kind of energy? Because, you know, that does weed out people that can't take it, you know. It's like they, they have so much talent, but they get told. Or they just don't have enough time to let their thing. It's a muscle you're exercising, you know. It's like going to the gym, but for the voice and the breathing control. And, the and like, I think the hardest part about hip-hop in itself, like, everyone's been in that circle trying to, you know, go bar for bar or rap. You know, everyone's like, hey, let's rap. But it's coming up with the words quick enough in my brain to say it and also make sense and also rhyme at times, you know? And without saying something suspect, because I'm just trying to rhyme so bad that I say, right. trick, I'll take the dick. And I'm like, oh, no, I mean, no, I was just trying to rhyme trick and I didn't know where I was going with it. You know what I'm saying? Happens. It happens all the time. <laughs> yeah, you... Just trying to rhyme so bad that I can't even think of the next word. So I was like, man, it's like crazy how the brain works to flow, go with the beat, say the next word. And like, I don't know, be on point and pull from the environment, but and then get in that spaz where you're not even, you know, you ever get to that sweet spot where you just spazzing so hard. Oh, you, yeah. They the, just come, it's like the glow words come in, you know? The flow state, like, no pun intended, like, the, yeah. like but but the flow state, you can get in flow state with your flow. Like, yeah. and then you get in flow state with video games, if you're sparring, like, if yeah. you're taekwondo, like, you just, where you're not thinking, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, you're just moving and feeling. So when you get in that flow state with the flow, there's no, there's no better hey, feeling. That, that sounds like the avatar state. You said the flow state. Right, That's the fine. avatar state. Right, synonymous. Yeah, yeah basically. Um, but the way I dealt with that criticism, man, I have like this, I have like this maybe overly inflated like sense of self confidence, maybe yeah. given to me from my parents. Mm -hmm. um, and my city's weird, man. Like my city, we kind of like have like a competition on on who had it worse. We're like a fucking. I don't know. We're an anomaly, bro. Like, we show love in a weird way. You got to, like, walk on water to get some love in my city. So you just have to know that. You got to consider the source. We're, like, a tough audience. Yeah. But I had – you, you got to consider the source on both ends. I had some real ones telling me to go ahead, and the ones that were telling me not to, 
is probably someone who had like a cousin who was in the rap game who felt like maybe he should have been in position opening up for this show or maybe he should be getting the studio yeah. time deals. And you kind of just always got to consider the whys. You know what I mean? Yeah. But shout out to all the real ones who said you got something, but all, all the people that weren't yes, man, they were like, you got something, but you need to work on, on, you know, more emotion. You know, maybe you're too monotone. Maybe you could you could have rewrote that verse and not gone so predictable. Like I had close friends who were telling me you do got something, but you're not ready for the majors yet. Don't yeah. let no one lie to you. You know what yeah. I mean? And those those were the perfect that those are like the perfect people to have at, at that point. That's cool to get yeah. that like to get lifted, but also give like a nah you can't do it. But like yo, I see where you're going. Try this, you know, yeah. and, you know, adding like uh, momentum and not just going like, man, I just wasn't it for me. And then they have nothing else to like, at least know that you're trying to keep pushing this crowd forward. Yep. They're just trying to deadbolt it. Like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, you know, something. Yep. yeah. So I respect that. Hey, and just to dive into this, like I saw on your latest album cover, you had the Shuriken, you know, uh, you yeah. had, the, you know, the Ninja Flow. And I remember speaking with you, you, you were in martial arts yourself. Yeah. And martial arts is huge for me, especially in the black community. You know, Leroy and, you know, Bruce Lee, Jet Lee, Jackie Chan, that era we grew up in. Jackie Chan versus Jet Lee is like, you know, MJ versus Jordan talk for all the sure, time. For sure. And uh, I don't want this to go over your head. I just said MJ versus Jordan talk all the time. Like, like, who am I? Like, I just said MJ versus Jordan talk all the time. What I meant to say is MJ versus LBJ, but the show must go on. Uh, I don't know what the main guys that really stick out to my head now is like Tony Jaw for sure, Ung yep. Buck, and then, uh, you know, uh, Donnie Yen, uh, the IP, IP man, IP man, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So, uh, truth be told, I'm, I'm a big Michael J. White fan. Michael like, J. White. Michael J. Like Spawn, like yeah. anything Michael J. White puts out, like I don't care if it's a major movie or a Netflix movie, I'm watching a Michael J. White. Like I and, think he could take everybody. Like, hey, is Michael J. White. Big old, big old strong guy with uh, that, like, he did Bones. Blood and Bone. Blood and Bone. Yeah. Uh, oh, man, he's... Uh, he's legit. He's crazy. Yeah, and he's a real one. Like, like he's from the turf, you know what I yeah, mean? Like, and Because he has mass and speed. Like, yeah. he's just... Like, and agility. And, yeah, you just it's don't like, want... Like, not fair. Like, yeah. <laughs> LeBron in, the, in Kung Fu, really. Exactly. Yeah. I've never, you know what, I never thought of it like that, but exactly. Because that's too much. Like, you think, like, if I hit him, it won't even hurt. Yeah. You know, like, what's the point of getting that close? <laughs> Man, and yeah. Yeah, so uh, what's the, what, what What did you practice? What was the martial art? Taekwondo, since, uh, I, since I was six. Yep. Um, I, I dabbled in other things like Shotokan, karate, mm -hmm. um, some Kung Fu, some Wing Chun, some Muay Thai. But the only thing I, pr I pursued on, like, a belt level and tested for and, you know, really pursued uh, from beginning to end was, well, there is no end, as you know. But, yeah. like, from white to black belt was a... Uh, Taekwondo. And what's the premise of Taekwondo? Like, you know, like, for example, I know from watching Ip Man that, you know, Wing Chun is more of a defensive-based style, you know, and uh, I know they heavily promote that. You know, women and, you know, people that don't have bigger stature bodies can use this to use the person's weight against them mm -hmm. and whatnot. So what was the premise or the, the root of Taekwondo? Is well, it? Taekwondo literally translates into the, the way of striking with the hands and the feet. Okay. Yeah. So... It's it's pretty like self-explanatory. It's a relatively like new style in the long timeline of martial arts. Like Okinawan karate goes back yeah. like hundreds of years, whereas Taekwondo dates back to what like the like the forties, fifties, sixties. Because it's a derivative of of karate, um, of all of, of like other martial arts. It's a more modern one, like okay. to tell you the truth. So it's kind of forever evolving. There's okay, so there's tournament Taekwondo, and then there's 
um, traditional Taekwondo. Mm -hmm. I was I was taught by Master Choi, who was like a descendant of the Choi's, who was like a founder of, the, of, of Taekwondo. So it was a more harder style built for self-defense um, as opposed to like foot tag, okay. as we call it. Right. So the premise on mine was, was, was to defend primarily by strikes. It's like boxing, but it's a lot more, you know, kick oriented. It's like boxing of the feet. OK. OK. So I competed a lot. So I was taught to compete and for self-defense. But, you know, it's it's a good form to start with. Like, it's a good martial art to start with. As I got older, I realized I didn't really focus on the boxing aspect enough. So I started cross training with boxing when I was like 15 or 16 yeah. as well. Because although, like, my kicks are like my hands and I can do some crazy things with my kicks, it yeah. wasn't until, like, I went to go spar with my friend when I was, like, 15 or 16 to realize that I did not have hands and, like, like I thought I did. Yeah. So when I couldn't kick, like, I got pieced up. Like, this chip is, like, my tooth is still chipped. Like, I still got, yeah. I still remember realizing I couldn't box. So I started cross-training with boxing. Um, and that, that just kind of turned into, like, my own form of kickboxing. And then I started teaching, like, back in 2018, 2017, 2018. Yeah. And that's kind of what brought me from Corpus to Austin was to, uh, I opened up a school in Corpus, and then I was offered to manage and run one here in Austin. So that's what brought me up, you know. Word. What's the name of the school, by the way? In Corpus, I started a school by the name of Foundation Martial Arts. And it's owned by me. So anywhere I go, that's where Foundation Martial Arts, if I turn it into private, tra into private training, you're being taught by you know, yeah. foundation martial arts. And then I moved up here to run Pflugerville Martial Arts, which is an Okinawan karate school. So they kind of, like, had to integrate me and do, like, some crash course, like, training of yeah. Okinawan. But be it's, you know, you realize, I don't want to disrespect any martial art, but you realize it's all kind of, like, a front kick's a front kick, a roundhouse is a roundhouse. Yeah. You just kind of have to learn, like, the lingo, some new katas or forms or yeah. whatever. Um, not to, like, downplay the transition or how serious that is, but I'm just saying, I was adapted pretty quick, so I was running a karate school, technically. Word. And yeah. then I know what the listeners want to know, just as we bear karate. You ever use a karate in self-defense in real, or, like, you ever been in a situation when no one was ready for the kick? Like, Yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately, yeah. yeah. But, but, but fortunately, it's been a long time since I've gotten a physical altercation outside of, like, a sanctioned event or outside yeah. of an agreed-upon sparring match. Yeah. Because the... The good, the great irony of martial arts is like the more Never you learn how it. to fight. Well, it just it just happens. I don't know what it is, but the the more you learn how to fight, the the less you get into fights and altercation. I don't know if it's just a combination of things, and maybe the way you carry yourself, yeah. maybe just like I don't know. But yeah, I it, feel like it might translate into the the confidence and like and like what you're capable of and what you know you're capable of, and then going, you don't want this. You know, like, you just kind of, like... Yeah, pretty much. Unless, I mean, I know in every movie there's that character that's, like, the hothead, right? That, yeah. Like, yeah, I can whoop ass and I'm trying to whoop anyone's ass. But I feel like, yeah, the general consensus is, like, whoa, I got this, so I'm not really trying to... I think once you can empathize with, like, physical harm, once you know what it is to get, like, bone on, like, pressed against your nose and have your nose pushed back and, like, your teeth, like, knocked in, then even though someone wrongs you, you can't help but empathize with that feeling and, like you know what it is to give it and receive it. So it's not something you just want to take or receive or give out or receive freely like, for no reason. Yeah. Like you just think twice about consequences on both ends and you realize no one really wins when they, when they fight. Yeah. And it's just weird how, how it works. And then now I just, I do it to stay in shape and to help my performances. You know, it gives me the cardiovascular that I need to, to give my all on stage. Cause I perform with no vocal tracks in the back now. Like yeah. I've evolved to an artist. I just spit, just give me an instrumental 
you know, my sword is sharp, my mic is sharp, you know. Yeah. So I just got to keep that breathing control right. So I stay, I stay training, and um, I use that kind of like dedication and laser-like focus to apply and apply it to my music. You know, mm -hmm. uh, there's something of being trained since I was six years old and not wanting to go to practice because it was grueling back then. Like in the '90s, karate was different. Like now, it's safe. It's like a daycare, but back then, it yeah. was like military school. Like yeah. that, I got sent there for having ADD and being like a little badass kid. Like yeah. and and being picked on like for all the right reasons, basically. So they left me with the choice, and they were like, "Do as you will." So that was a lot of like bamboo stick whoopings and stuff like yeah. that, and like knuckle like push ups on my knuckles and stuff, and really being pushed to my limit since I was like six, like till I threw up. You know what I yeah. mean? Suicide drills till I threw up. And once you go through that and you're trained and you're conditioned for certain things, like things like rap just kind of seem like uh, recreational, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. At times they can feel like work and then you just think back to the times you really had to work or you really felt pain and you're like, this ain't so bad, this is fun. Just just stay focused and keep your breathing good. Like you'll be all right. Dang, no. And just bringing up the fact that you're doing it, again, without the background vocals, yeah, that's a big deal, especially uh, when I've heard of people experiencing concerts of, People, you know, I'm just like artists I've been out, maybe I've heard the name like post or certain situations or other people where they're like, they don't sound as good as their, their, their CD. And then other people experience a concert and it's like 180, you know, but then there's that oh. dedication to grind behind, you know, the breath control and like giving them everything they need, you know? Yeah. Um, I used to perform. It's kind of, I, when I first started, I started with, with no vocals. And then as we started making so much song, so many songs and like kind of losing track of the instrumentals and just getting the, the, the MP3 back and then having to use that MP3 for the show set. We don't know what we did with the original instrumental, things like that kind of got me spoiled and, and created bad habits to where I was performing with the track in the back. But I would never rob the audience of like live rap. Like I would never skip a beat. Like if I would miss one word, I remember being in the car with my boys, like really beating myself over Like, man, I missed the word block. Like they're gonna, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they're like, chill out, it's all right. So I always took giving them a good performance, a good live performance, uh, seriously. Like I never used the backtrack as a safety net, but I would just listen to feedback of, of about what people would enjoy. I would watch YouTube videos and the do's and don'ts of live performing and you know, watch videos on industry standards and things like that. And everyone's kind of like in an agreement that back in hip hop, that a backtrack, you know, with the vocals is a no, no. Once you get to a certain point. Pedigree. Yeah. Yeah. Now the newer generation's kind of like undoing that law. Like they do, you know, everything, everything else. And, and maybe it's true. Cause I've seen a lot of shows like no disrespect, like sauce Walker just performed last night. He killed it. Cause he brought the energy. You know what I mean? But, like, there's certain stars that can get away with it. Like, his presence, his swag, like, his energy kind of outweighs the fact that he's not going live. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. you can just have that much charisma, if you will. But you kind of have to be real with yourself when you don't and when, like, that's not your bag. Like, I'm not an animated kind of super animated. I go live. I go hard. But I'm not, like, yeah. I don't come with a lot of flash, a lot of big jewelry, a lot of, like, big set pieces. Like, my lyrics is the gift. So... If I'm not doing that, I mean, like, what am I offering? I'm yeah. not up there like, oh, my presence is enough. Like, just be happy you're witnessing me up mm -hmm. here. Like, nah, like, they want to see. It's like a skateboarder. Yeah. Like, he could tell you he could do the trick. You could see video, but they want to see you bust that in real time and land it. Like, yeah. can you do that trick and land it? Yeah, like, right and then, now. And then there's always that sense of, like, of, of danger, of fear, of them not landing it, right? Mm -hmm. Like, when you go to the circus and you see the trapeze act, 
yeah. they can have a safety net and it's still just as athletic for them doing but that safety net being removed adds that sense of that's why you came to the circus that yeah. sense of like danger of like dude wow. they may fall off that tightrope you know yeah, what i mean that's that's real life that's real life and that's the kind of closest thing i can i don't know if that's like a reach but that's the closest thing i can kind of compare it to that's what they came to see and that's what i want to give them and them kind of hold their breath like damn he busted that whole flow without yeah falling off shit damn and, yeah. and uh uh, what's his name? Uh, it, it made me think when you're talking about the not falling off. Hold on, I lost my train of thought. It's coming. It was uh, oh yeah, I've I've like had the privilege of being a hype man for one of my my friends who's an artist, and that was difficult. Uh, I didn't know, you know, when to say swag or like kind of like right. gas him up. And at the time, I didn't know all of his songs by heart. Yeah. Um, how was it getting used to that stage experience and bringing out more personality and? you know, to an audience. Cause like as myself, I've had experience doing stand up mm -hmm. comedy and trying to get people to like know who I am in a short amount of time to feel me. Like yep. you said, you're from Anna Cordes, right? Uh, from Corpus? Corpus, Corpus, yeah. I said it wrong. Yeah, Corpus. And you're trying to get them to feel that without knowing you or having any sense of it. So like, I guess, how'd you find that flow? Of well, when it comes to bringing other personalities on stage, I usually do it organically. Like, if I don't organically mess with them like that within the music industry, um, then I won't hype for them and they won't hype for me because it has to be genuine. Like, they have to feel the bond. Like, man, these guys really rock with each other. So I'm like, I'm a fan of my partner's music, like Droopy M's music, Kevin Davis's music, Immaculate's music, and vice versa. Like, they really bump my music. Like, they let me know, you know, as friends. Like, like not just because I'm your boy, bro, but this song's hard. Like, I, so when we hype each other's music, it's kind of not really a big task to listen to it and to know it because we genuinely fuck with each other's yeah. music. Um, there's been maybe once or twice where I had to call in, you know, a, a replacement hype man, and that didn't go well. So it was just like, might as well not have it because then it's just awkward and yeah. But mm -hmm. I, I've had a hype for people whose music I didn't know either, and that's awkward too. So it's kind of rule of thumb. Like if, if you don't want it, if it's 100%, if you or, or the person's not 100% into it, just kind of find an alternative yeah but you gotta do what you gotta do sometimes yeah, i get it yeah yeah for sure and uh yeah man i just kind of want to slide into one uh i always do like my local to global just someone you want to shout out or uh you know pay homage to uh but a lot yeah yeah oh, yeah. yeah yeah um man i, I want to shout out my tmp camp take money productions my boy droopy m um all our artists kevin davis drippy drew you know what I'm saying? My brother Immaculate. Uh, I want to give a shout out to DJ Kane. I don't know if you're familiar with DJ Kane. He's uh, who's the lead singer uh, for the Kumbi Kings, Grammy Award winning uh, Kumbi Kings, started by A.B. Quintanilla, Selena's brother. Okay. So I don't, yeah, he's big in Corpus. He's big, they're big globally, like they're on tour in Mexico. Like they, they sell out arenas all the time, right? Well, anyways, DJ Kane gave us, you know, our first hit record with a song called Fuego. Um, that's been on the radio, multiple AM and FM stations. Mm -hmm. And he's an, he's an international star. And he threw us a bone um, and, and killed a hook for us and gave us like a record that basically took our career to the next level. And he didn't have to do that, but but he did, you know? So shout out to DJ Kane on a on a national level, like you said, like on a global level. Yes, sir. And shout out to all my boys back home in 361, still trying to come up from the underground, man. Like shout out to all y'all, do not give up. Um, keep doing those those quote-unquote little shows that other rappers may throw shade on. I don't care if it's 10 people, 15 people, 100 people, or 1,000 people.
kill that shit and and don't listen to anyone who says you're wasting your time get your fans get your fan base growing one show at a time one person at a time hand over fist hand over fist you know what i mean just yes sir just just get out there man like there is no show too big or too small so shout out to everyone on the underground circuit chasing the dreams man you're gonna get there if you stay consistent you're all right yeah and uh, i want to slide in and do a shout out to king jesus 187 uh, that's my boy out in Palmdale, California. Barber, flow. He got that blend. He got that McFlurry. Ooh. So if you need that, uh, definitely I'll have his thing tagged. We're going we're gonna to tag all these local to global so you can you can get an exposure. But if you're in the Palmdale area, you know what it is. Nice. So shout out to you, Asus. And uh, he's a Packer fan, so I'm going to leave that for whoever needed to hear that. Uh, <laughs> and on that note, uh, I want to also leave the people with something for the week. They're checking this out. This is their... Uh, they're getting a good start of their week. Uh, what's a positive statement or affirmation you want to kind of leave or something that maybe you've been practicing recently just to drop on people? I've been practicing on looking inward, man. Like, especially if you're an artist or you're in the industry and you can't seem to catch a break and it's easy to blame the industry, it's easy to blame the game, it's easy to blame everyone who didn't give you that shot for the undeserving artists who are in your spot. But look inward, make the changes you know you need to, you know you need to make. If you don't wake up, giving this your you know six to eight hours towards your craft then take accountability for that you know what i mean and, and stop blaming the person who did or the person who did not come and find you because the days of you being discovered are gone like you have to go in and make the discoveries and, and make it happen so just look inward and you'll notice things like start turning around almost immediately control your controllables you know what I'm saying? And put in the work. Don't cheat the grind. You can't cheat the grind. You can't cheat fate. Hey. You know what I mean? There's no sweepstakes coming for you. So look inward. Do what you got to do. Man, hey, that's what we needed to hear. And in honor of looking inward, I just want to promote to people, um, try food that's uncomfortable but healthy. Uh, you yeah. know, maybe you're not a broccoli person or, you know, but you could be a Brussels sprout person. Just try to find that health uh, and continue doing what you do. I'm not saying go full vegetable or vegan, but I just really want to promote getting out of that zone and, and finding the green, finding the salads, finding the anything that isn't just protein, right? Yeah, fruits and salads for sure. Like, I'm a big fruit connoisseur, so yeah. that, that keeps you healthy, man. Like, you're either feeding or fighting a disease with whatever you put in your, in yeah. your body. So, yeah. yeah, feeding or fighting. And on, and on that note, drink lots of water, all right? I need you to drink that water, and uh, you've just been soon.
Don Julio and marijuana. I'm trying to take it to your Nirvana. What's the occasion? Every day's a celebration. When you come from the Gaza, don't worry about who's gonna pay the bill. Baby Denada, I like the way she walk in the Prada. Como te llamas? Don Julio and marijuana. I'm trying to take it to your Nirvana. What's the occasion? Every day's a celebration. When you come from the Gaza, don't worry about who's gonna pay the bill. Baby Denada. ¿Cuál es tu nombre? Dime, dímelo, que pa' conocerte vine, te vi tan sola que no me aguanté, por eso yo intervine, vamos a hacerlo real, no hace falta que te lo imagine, dime mami, quieres que te vaya, pero calladita porque no hay que dar detalles, tú te haces la fina, pero tienes calle, de aquí no me voy sin que con un beso me calle, calle, dale dime mami, quieres que te porque no hay que dar detalles Tú te haces la fina Pero tienes calle Y aquí no me voy sin que con un beso Me calle, calle yeah. I like the way she walk in the Prada Como te llamas Don Julio and marijuana I'm trying to take you to your Nirvana What's the occasion? Every day's a celebration When you come from the Gaza Don't worry about who's gonna pay the bill Baby Denada I like the way she walk in the Prada te llamas, Don Julio and marijuana. I'm trying to take you to your Nirvana. What's the occasion? Every day's a celebration. When you come from the Gaza, don't worry about who's gonna pay the bill. Baby, deny.